Welcome to the SW The Pulse podcast, the sports and media show which covers everything from legal matters to tax liabilities. I'm Pete Fairchild, tax partner and head of the sports media and entertainment team here at Smith & Williamson. And joining me as always for all of our podcasts is our dear friend Ed Dewar. Pete. Good afternoon, Ed. Ed, of course, is a former professional uh, footballer and is now a general advisor to sports people. And joining us today to talk about uh, legal issues pertaining to family matters is Manisha Hirschhorn from Macron Associates at that particular firm. Good afternoon, Manisha. Absolutely. And she's also joined by Mo Kashrika, another associate from that firm, who I'm sure will chip in with these two pennies as appropriate. Sadly. Hello. Thank you so much both for coming in today. Uh, Manisha, would you just like to perhaps just give us a couple of minutes about macros as a law firm, what you get up to, areas of speciality, sure. sorts of clients you deal with, yeah. etc. Alright, so essentially we are a full service uh, law firm. We're situated uh, near Covent Garden, so we're Western Central. Um, we also have an international platform called Macro International and that connects us and our clients to a global network of lawyers worldwide. So most of our clients are international in one way or the other, so it's very easy for us to connect them to lawyers um, you know, in different jurisdictions within, let's say, 24 hours and get a joined-up approach. So in terms of our clients, obviously, we're here to talk about athletes today. So we do represent a lot of footballers, Mo um, in particular deals with um, athletes across the board, but that does then spill out into our other departments, so me and the family team dealing with their family law issues. They might be buying property, they might have um, litigation going on, um, they might even have corporate or commercial needs. We could spend hours, half a day, a day, several days, talking about Absolutely. the intricacies yeah. of family law. Clearly, on a podcast facility, we can only really sort of do no, no more than scratch the surface. Yeah. But what I was proposing to do was just to sort of perhaps put a couple of scenarios to you and just sort of get your steer sure. as to what your initial guidance might be. Mm-hmm. So hopefully, having consulted with Mo, and we've got all the players' contractual side bolted down, and we're totally understanding of all what that involves and what income is going to be produced, we're now sitting here as a, let's say for argument's sake, a 23-year-old mm. player, and we've now got some great contracts in place producing enormous amounts of income, and I'm currently living on my own. Is there anything you can do for me at this moment in time? Absolutely, so much. So first of all, I think... I'd love to hear it. (laughs) (laughs) Let's do it. So first of all, I think what the guys have said about footballers being in a bubble scenario and being untouchable, I think when it comes to family law issues, they realise very quickly that that's just not true um, and you cannot live in a bubble. So going from having everything done for you and having someone dealing with tax and finances and wealth managers to then having to look at your own assets because you might be getting divorced, you might be thinking of moving your partner in, you need to know for yourself how that all works out for you. So for instance, you've got a 23 year old, great contract, money's coming in, haven't moved the girlfriend in yet, but want to, there's discussions, you know, it's all sort of like moonlight and roses right now. But, (laughs) 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 you have now Eddie, free to use it. But yeah, you're moving your girlfriend in, you're potentially earning, I don't know, millions, 
Mm. We're talking mm-hmm. in terms of millions. Yeah, potentially. Um, you've got a massive house, etc. Might be mortgage free. I don't know. Um, and you might think that well, I'm just moving my girlfriend in. That's absolutely fine. Everything stays the same. Well, that's not the case, particularly when you know there is somebody who um, your partner isn't earning as much as you are doesn't have a place of their own, let's say, um, and you're saying to her, this is your home, it's as much yours as it, is, as it is mine, you can do whatever you want here, yeah, you know, this is 50-50, doesn't matter that it's just my name on, on the legal deeds, all of those things can, at one point, if things do explode, lead to giving your partner some sort of interest in your property. Is that coming back to almost like the, the verbal agreement that yeah. Mo talked about? Yeah. Earlier on. Yeah, and I mean it's more than an agreement wow. because you're not you're not agreeing that you're giving your partner rights, but you are giving them the impression that they have rights. So sorry, Manish. Yeah. Is if I choose to or a player choose to bring a girlfriend into the property, yeah. Is there enough to say that player's girlfriend will be entitled to a piece of that house? Is that no, correct? No, not straight oh. off the bat. I'm talking about What's the time period? There's no time period. Okay. It's all about the impression that you give your partner. So if you say, look babe, this is your house, okay? I know it's just my name on, on the house, but we're 50-50 all the way here. Everything I have is yours, blah, blah, blah. And she then relies on, on what you've been telling her to her detriment, okay? Then she might say, but you led me to believe this was my property too. I've got nowhere to go now. We're talking about the end of the relationship, when this would would come into play. But then you have given her that impression that she does have an interest. It's not a legal interest, it's what we'd call a beneficial interest. But if she has nowhere else to go, and she's been living there for 10 years, and you've been saying to her every other week, this is your house, of course it is, we're 50-50 all the way on this, of course, you know, that you can stay here forever. What you know? What would you expect the courts to do to this lady who, mm. at the end of a ten-year relationship, you're saying to her, on your bike, on your bike, off you go. Okay. You know, so that's why laws have developed, or case law has developed, and family law has developed to try and put in place um, agreements. So you've got a cohabitation agreement. So if a footballer, our 23-year-old, is thinking about moving his girlfriend in, um, it would be very, very wise to consider entering into or at least taking advice on entering into a cohabitation agreement. Because Would that be similar to a prenup or is that yeah, different? Yeah, it's similar to a prenup, okay. but it's not obviously a marriage situation, it's just a cohabitation situation. Um, but you are recording your intentions at the time of moving in together. So the cohab agreement would obviously say in, in, in his favour, um, yeah, she's moving in here, but that doesn't give her any legal right to my property. Um, it doesn't give her any legal right to uh, my property on the breakdown of the relationship. You know, they can be very, very specific um, yeah. in terms of whether that person can move things in the house or bring pets into the house. So um, it's something to seriously consider when you are a footballer in the limelight earning a lot of money. So supposing you're the legal representation for the other side, Mm. what tactics might you try and deploy to sort of get some rights? I'm just quite fascinating. You can't get the rights unless, you know, the person with the legal interest is giving you the impression that you will have rights. Mm. So... Um, so unless you can say, therefore, we had this conversation over a candlelit dinner three weeks ago where you said, yeah. basically, this is mine as much as it is yeah, yours. exactly. 
you don't have much no. room for negotiation. But it can't just be a one-time thing. You've got to give them yeah. the impression over time that this is their home forever, potentially. Mm. So on the breakdown of a relationship, you know, where is she going to go? And with what money, you know? So she would also be entitled to taking some of the players' money as well? No. We so said? this is in relation to land. To land, okay. To land and property specifically. Right. So, you know, she would be saying that I have a beneficial interest in this property. And, you know, it can go all the way through the courts where, you know, she might ask that the property is sold and she gets a proportion of the proceeds of sale because she needs someone to live. Sorry, she could ask for the, <laughs> <laughs> she could ask for the property to be sold because she believes that the right. athlete has given her that impression. Right. And this is the reaction that, you know, I get because people don't really know this. No. You know, just <laughs> people generally, you know. A misconception on the street is that there's still common law marriage. That just doesn't exist, you know. So I'm a common law wife. I've got the same rights as a legal wife. That's not true whatsoever. So there isn't this knowledge and awareness out there in right. society about the rights that you may or may not have as a cohabiting couple as opposed to a married couple. Yes. But yes, if it were, let's say, a 15-year relationship um, and she's done everything in the house and... Even more so if she's financially contributed to a kitchen extension, a loft extension, I mean, you know, thousands and thousands yeah, of pounds. Yeah. Um, but but she doesn't have anywhere else to go at the end of this relationship. Then yes, yeah, she could take that to court and either force a sale or try and get a lump sum. Um, you know, re reflecting yeah what, she's what yeah her beneficial okay. interest in that property. That is so interesting because I never knew that. Yeah, and people Did you do. I think we're all learning things here. Yeah. So, for example, another another scenario, one party to the relationship has brought the other one an engagement ring, mm -hmm. and then the relationship breaks down. Who's got ownership of the ring? It's a gift. So this is quite technical. Um, if it's given to you as a gift, technically that's yours to keep. Mm. There's going to be a dispute over, I want that engagement ring back. We wouldn't generally get into that with a couple in terms of a legal perspective. We would say, well, what was the intention? You know, was that a gift to her? Do you really want that ring back? Um, and if they say yes, then it takes it more into the, the civil remit of law. Right. So we don't normally face that kind of an issue. Normally, you know, the ring's been taken off and thrown back in the face. Have your ring and your kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> Chuck it in the river, no one's gonna get anything. So when, in this scenario where we've got our 23-year-olds, mm. let's move the girlfriend in, and now we've moved on a couple of years, and mm. so they're 25, 26, and all of a sudden she announces that she's with child, mm. what sort of advice would you be able to provide now? Quick run for the hill. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. that it's very Yes, um, of course. Well, there isn't any immediate family law advice that you would need um, in terms of your rights, etc. Once the child is born, obviously, if they're still a family unit, then everything's fine. No one needs to consider getting um, legal advice. But let's say um, the relationship then breaks down um, and the child stays with the mother. So our footballer in this scenario obviously wants to see his child. Um, two things I would think about. Number one, child maintenance, and I'll probably talk about that more. Number two, child arrangements. So how is he going to regularise his time with that child? So child maintenance is very, very significant to footballers who are earning 
a lot more money mm. than yeah. the average person mm-hmm. in society. So in this country, we do have the child maintenance service that's set up to regulate the payments of child maintenance. Um, but they have their own formula that they apply and it's based on gross income. So there is a cap of um, a gross annual income of £156,000 per annum. And that's the total amount that the CMS will look at. So if you've got a footballer earning millions, on top of the CMS calculation, um, a mum could go through the family courts to get a top up for child maintenance. Uh And that can be very, very significant. so that is an application that is made actually under the Children Act and the Family Courts. And included in that application can be, you know, you can ask for things such as a house um, for this child and the mum to live in, a car for the mum to drive the child around in, yeah. you know, a lump sum to pay off her credit card debts or to furnish this house. Now, the difference is it's not for the mum, it's for the benefit of the child. So for instance, if our 23-year-old had another house spare sitting, sitting around, um, he could sign that over to her or just allow them to live there, but it will go back to him once the child reaches you right. know, 18 years old or 21 if they go to university. Um, so those applications are for the benefit of the child rather than for yeah. the benefit yeah, of the mum. Strikes me that there's a lot of mental issues here because if you've got the footballer who's fallen out with his intended wife, mm. there may be animosity involved and his sitting there, rightly, having to pay thousands of pounds of maintenance every month to someone he doesn't yeah. like very much. Yeah. So presumably the, the softer skills of what absolutely. you do yeah. come to the fore as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, as a family lawyer, I would say first and foremost, you have to have empathy. Mm. If you don't, you're going to have a hard task being a family lawyer. Um, if you have sympathy, on top of empathy, absolutely great. Um, but what you need to realise, especially with athletes, footballers, as Mo said, you need to take a holistic approach to that. Mm. So as well as having the empathy, understanding all of the other elements that might come into why there has been a breakdown in a relationship or a marriage, such as addiction, um, you know, other things that we see. We have a mutual client, Pete, um, and you know, you luckily things have worked out okay for him. He's managed to settle it, but dealing with his mindset, dealing with the bubble that he thought mm. he was still in, mm. seeing the kind of, you know, how he derailed himself, essentially, mm. uh-huh. um, and just having the awareness and acquiring the skills to navigate everything that they're going through on a personal and emotional level, um, that is part of the job, and especially so with footballers. Mm. So can I ask, what if the player doesn't have that money or is not earning that level of money he once was? Where does that leave him in terms of maintenance and things like that? How do you, have you ever come across any cases like that? Yeah, well maintenance and, will always be calculated on what you're earning. Right. So it's never going to be you were once earning 10 million. Right, okay, so where you are now. Yeah, of course, okay. absolutely, that's only fair. Do you have to go back and get a new order or how is it reviewed? So yeah. if you're only doing it through the child maintenance service, they just recalculate. You give them the information and they recalculate. And the top up from the court? The top up from the court, I mean, if that footballer was no longer earning that amount, yeah, he would have to go back to court and ask for it to be amended. So have to pay fees to go yeah, back to court. And if you move from a you know, very well-known football club to, I'll take on Manchester United to Sunderland, example, then um, you know, you'd have to go back and ask the court to look again Absolutely. at the maintenance. Otherwise, it'd be in reach of a court order. So. 
Yeah. You know. Okay. And they, and they, they go on until, I think you said, 20, potentially 18 or 21, 21, yeah, the child's going to university. Yeah. yeah. And we see a lot of, you know, just picking up on a few things that Manish talked about, we see that the mental health point is massive. And I think we're starting to see that in sport coming out in terms of the conversation in the last two years, two, three years maybe. Mm. There's a lot more conversation to be had. I don't think it happens enough. Um, but I think there's so many other issues that you, I, I see when I'm working with Manisha's team that they have to deal with with a professional athlete. You know, loans they may have made, investments they may have made, um, the gambling addictions, gambling yeah. addictions. I think I've seen, you know, yeah. They have a lot of time, and yeah. this is why a lot of these a lot of time, a lot of money. Yeah, and and you know um, other relationships that they may have conjured up and had and had and past um, relationships that come to the fore at the end of their relationship with everyone looking for their pennies worth. So um, we see a lot of that starting to playing with when they unfortunately come to a situation of either you know their, their relationship breaking down. A lot of it all seems to happen at once for them. Yeah. All of these things seem to come up at once, yeah. which I don't know if that's something you guys have storm. seen before, but it just generates this. No, definitely. Thing. I think so. It will definitely be cheaper and better at the embryonic stage to sit down with someone like yourself um, and say, right, this is my situation. How do you advise? Yeah. And when you're in this kind of space, do you have both? Couples in, or is it just like normally? Is, would it be the athlete and his family coming in to see you? Yeah. Or yes. is it like? No. So generally, you are only acting potentially for one partner, so you right. can't have the other sit in right. and listen to the advice. Right. Um, so yeah, it's normally you know that one party with a friend or a family member or an agent or you know whoever yeah. they want to bring into the meeting sure. um, to sit down and strategize because that's really important. Because I've only ever had this case once. Mm in my time I've been doing this, where, you know, it was a situation where player has met a girl, and now player decides to marry this girl, and the player's at the height of his game, earning a fortune, and my first advice to him was, knowing the circumstance and how it all came about was, I think you might need to go and see someone. And I can remember, like it was yesterday, that put a real strain on our relationship, even to the point of where I'm godfather to his kids, but me delivering that message to his mm. now love of his life mm. put a massive strain in our relationship. Yeah. So how how does one navigate deal? Yeah, navigate that it, situation. It's a really tricky situation, and obviously you're talking about getting advice in terms of a prenuptial agreement. Yeah. Um, and I think the reason why it is still so difficult in England is because it is not part of our legal framework as yet. So um, more and more people enter into them because there is very good case law that supports them at the right stage. But we are a little bit behind in terms of, you know, Europe and America, well, for example, yeah. where it's all legal, you know, yeah. a prenup's legal, so everyone is comfortable with that conversation. So I do say to clients who say to me, well, how am I going to break this to my partner? And I have to say, you know, better than me, the best thing to do is say that one of, one, one, one of your advisors has had this conversation yeah. with you. Yeah. So yeah. put the blame on us. I know you took the blame in that scenario. Yeah, that's right. But you were very close to the situation. Yeah. But, you know, just say you have a team of advisors. They've said to me, I need to think about this mm -hmm. because I am who I am yeah. and I do what I do. And that, that's the best way because, yes, it's very unromantic, but, you know, we're going into 2020 and prenups are legal around the world and at some point they will be in England too. Right. Yeah, because I think 
for me that is the hardest conversation to have with a client. You know, you know your partner's not work for you, or maybe get a prenup or get some sort of arrangement done between yourselves because essentially what you're saying is that your relationship's going to crash and burn. Mm-hmm. But just make sure you've got your seatbelt on. You know, that's what you're saying. Yeah, and I think the the conversation is so tough. Like we see those conversations starts to happen, but I think one of the things that tends to help is having that conversation, as you said, maybe as planting the seed as early maybe as possible that these Correct. things yeah. exist. Correct. And so I think the new wave of footballers are quite easier to deal with that now. Yeah. I think the new wave of, I mean, my generation of footballers was, we are talking about, that's my missus and, you know. It never happened to me. Yeah, it would never happen to me. She's, a, she's great, she's this, she's that and the third. Nine times out of ten, he's the one to blame for the breakdown, but he's still going to be in for it, you know? Yeah. But what I'm saying is, I think the newer generation of players, what I've found is easy, so easy. You know, we've got a young player at the moment that is being tied by, you know, or being looked at by all the best clubs at the moment, here and in Europe. But to sit down with his mum and dad and say, well, you know what, I actually think you need to do this. I'm able to do that and it's, and it's received in such a way that it's like, you're right, cool. It's, you know, it's, it's normal now, where, like I said, in my time, it's like, you know, you, you're going to sit there and say to me that you want me to sign this? That ain't happening. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you know what you're doing is right, but because of your relationship and emotion, emotional attachment to this person, it goes wrong. It goes wrong. And I think that's the biggest change I've seen. I think players now are more savvy. They know uh, their value in terms of what they bring to the table. And I feel that it's it's always a case that I, you know, I always say to a player, if you go and bring this to your partner and she has a problem with it, then don't go through with it. Um, that's my that's my own personal view because yeah. if she loves you, she'll love you yeah. when you're both broke. I mean, I've had to give that advice too. Yeah. If they don't want to enter into something, does it suggest something to you about their intentions? Yeah. But at the end of the day, I look at it from a legal point of view, so I try not to interfere too much into you know, the, person the personal saying. relationship. Because that well, it's such a fine line, isn't it? It is, but that's why it's better for the advice to come from a lawyer rather than an agent mm-hmm. who might be, you know, um, an investor. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah definitely was a massive learning curve for me. <laughs> yeah. Good. And in two minutes, what is a prenup precisely? And how does it, apart from the timing difference, it's obvious. Yeah. Is it completely the same as a postnup? No, so a prenuptial agreement is obviously before you get married, mm-hmm. um, and it is a contract. Now, it's a binding contract, but it's not binding in terms of our laws yet. However, it is a contract, and it shows good intention, and if you satisfy all of the criteria tick boxes that a fancy law commission report said that um, would validate a prenup, then they stand up, more often than not. Uh, the difference to a postnup is obviously that is an agreement you enter into yeah. post-marriage, so... Mm-hmm. Perhaps you didn't think about it pre-marriage, perhaps um, there wasn't enough time to enter into the prenup because one of the um, criteria tick boxes is at least 28 days before the wedding. Um, You can then do it after the wedding and actually if you do it as a postnup because you are then married, it makes it more of a contract than the prenup. Right, but will it still have the same value? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And again, as long as it's all done properly, both parties have been advised to take independent legal advice and um, there's no duress etc and it is fair then you know they will stand up when the time comes for them to be looked at interesting very good very good
And when is it, um, is, is there a time when you say it's, um, it's ideal to consider making something like a will, uh, or, or can you be too young to have a will? No, 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 not at all. I mean, if you're looking at a footballer, and Mo and I discussed this um, earlier, obviously um, the drawing up of a will is the remit of a private client lawyer, but in the work that we do, um, you know, for example, if I was just anybody that's getting divorced, I would say, if you are getting divorced, you need to review your will because, you know, if, you're, if you don't have a will, everything will pass to your spouse under the rules of intestacy, and if you hate them now, you don't want them to <laughs> want everything to pass to them. So it's quite persuasive, isn't yeah. it? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Review your will, or if you don't have one, for God's sake, get one done. And then Mo was talking about it, of course, for an inheritance tax, etc. perspective yeah. as well. Yeah, so I think well, I think the importance of having getting like the will in place, obviously, and um, we have a, our own separate private client team that come in and work with us on, on this quite regularly with, with athletes. Is, is making sure that you're going to decide who's going to deal with your estate if the worst comes to happen. And also there's lots of gifts and exemptions you can use under the, 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 the rules that are out there um, which a will can utilise which you wouldn't be able to use if you didn't have a will in place. Mm. And also you want, don't want to make, you know, if someone who's in charge of your estate and that's your loved one um, and they're unable to deal with it because they're so traumatised by the, the loss of loss of that individual, they may not be the right person to administer the estate. And these estates can be huge. You know, we're talking about athletes which may have huge property investment portfolios. Look, you know, the pension is if big, wealth managers come on board, say they're properly advised by everything we've spoken about today, yeah. the right contracts in place. These can be quite intricate structures and may even have an image rights structure attached to it. We need to really think about how how who who is the right person, either a lawyer or an accountant who should be appointed as the executive of the estate if that should happen. I think it's a very grown-up conversation to have, mm. and speaking from someone who hasn't got a will, or probably should get a will, um, it's, it, it kind of reaffirms the idea that actually um, you need to make sure you, you're, you're thinking about planning for, for you know, the future. And the inheritance tax element is interesting, and we've got specialist inheritance tax planners that look at this from, a, from an athlete's perspective. And we have a, one of our um, private client lawyers he dealt with some very elite athletes and footballers actually in the 90s and 2000s and the trusts that he's kind of set up were discounted gifts trusts so and these are all based on that you'll know the, the, the health and yeah. age of these athletes yeah. and, and you can take advantage when you're a young fit and healthy athlete and of the discount you're afforded on, on your tax liability so it gets very complicated but I think ultimately if an athlete is not getting I, I, in the first instance, just a will to have a conversation about how they then plan their inheritance tax um, in the future, and they're missing out and potentially paying you know, 40% to, to the government through, through the IHT. So I think there's an element here about just, as with everything we've spoken about today, just planning it right and having the right advisor around you to make sure you, you're kind of well equipped, not just for life in football, but afterwards. Well said. I think you've just set your agenda for your homework tonight in terms of uh, <laughs> 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 um, I think that is a neat place to draw a line and conclude matters and I think closing remarks from me would be just to uh, repeat some of the things that have been said that are worth emphasising. Devil in the detail has been mentioned several times from a legal perspective. Early engagement with uh, proper advisors underline the word proper advisors who you vetted and have uh, seen and checked the credentials for but um, you know for a 
as I say, I repeat, I talk as a tax practitioner, but from a uh, layman's perspective in terms of the legals, that was fascinating. Brought it to life. So, um, Mo, thank you so much. Manisha, ditto that. <laughs> that concludes our episode today on matters that are legal pertaining to professional sports people. Thank you, Ed Dewar, as thank always, you, for Andrew. joining us and your valued contributions. And thank you so much to our listeners for tuning in. All references and links spoken about in this episode can be found in the episode show notes. Never miss an episode. Please subscribe to our show. If you haven't already done so, please rate and review us in the App Store. Until next time, thank you for listening. This S&W The Pulse podcast is of general nature and is not a substitute for professional advice. No responsibility can be accepted for the consequences of any action taken or refrained from as a result of what is said. The views expressed are not necessarily those of the presenter or of Smith & Williamson or any of its affiliates. No reproduction of this podcast may be made in whole or in part for professional or recreational purposes. No action should be taken based on this podcast and we accept no liability if we change your views on any of the subjects mentioned.